Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson. I'm your host today. I'm a certified financial planner and also the founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services, a wealth management firm here in Colorado. So Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope you are all having a wonderful week. And for many of us, this is a busy time of year, right? It's kind of crazy running around, uh, you know, getting ready for the holidays, decorating, and hopefully enjoying some of this, even despite the COVID season that we find ourselves in, all being creative and trying to find ways that we can still celebrate and feel grateful and enjoy the season. Today, we're going to talk about giving a bit. And you probably have heard it said before that the secret to living is giving. I know we've talked about it before, the six human needs, but as a quick overview, why giving is important, either of your time, your talent, or your treasure. And why I say that is because we all have different ways of meeting our values. And so for some people, giving financially is not a thing. They may not be somebody who tithes or gives or does any kind of regular giving, and that's okay. Uh, That's perfectly fine. It's never my job as a financial advisor to impose values on you or tell you what you should or shouldn't do. My job is just to help you facilitate a process where you can figure out what's important to you and ultimately use all the financial tools or resources that are out there to make it all happen in the most efficient way possible. So six human needs, quick overview of the six human needs. This comes from human needs psychology. And the reason why this is important is that there are only six reasons why anybody does anything. And sometimes it's more than one reason that people are doing something. But uh, six reasons. Number one is certainty. And certainty of either being able to avoid pain or to be able to gain pleasure. This is all a need that we all have. Or we might use the word security or we might use the word safety for this. Ultimately, certainty is about avoiding pain and gaining pleasure. So if that was the only thing that we valued, what would happen eventually is we would get really bored. And that's why the second need is uncertainty or variety. And we all value these things differently and weigh them differently. So it's important to recognize that there isn't a one size fits all way or right or wrong here necessarily. These are just things that are inherently, um, you know, kind of things that humans go after. Number three is significance or feeling special. We all have that need to some extent, some greater than others. Number four is love and or connection. For some people, they may not get love. It may be connection of some sort, hopefully love on some level. And there's different ways of 
of getting love, and usually it's because of giving. <laughs> That's the best way to get love is to give love. Uh, ultimately, it tends to come around. And of course, giving is one way to do that, either of uh, serving or of giving financial resources or just spending time with people in a lot of cases. You know, that's how that ends up getting attained. So those are the first four needs. All human beings inherently need all four of those things. And we all value them differently. They all have different importance in our lives as far as how they get carried out. Every human being will meet those needs one way or the other. And I say that because sometimes people meet those needs in negative ways. For example, that first one, Certainty. Uh, certainty could be by financial means. Maybe it's certain amount of money in the bank account, or it could be somebody using drugs so they can avoid pain or gain pleasure. That may be a way that they end up doing that. And it's probably not the most healthy way, but that might be the way that they let that play itself out. So for example, if you've ever wondered why somebody is a mass murderer, why somebody goes and kills a bunch of people, it still came down to those four needs and the fact that it probably meant more than one. In other words, they had the certainty that they could uh, you know, control a situation or uh, make people feel a certain way. And, uh, you know, variety certainly would be there probably for a mass murderer because they don't know what's going to happen. Uh, significance, absolutely. Um, certainly, that's a motivation in a lot of cases for somebody who's a serial killer or something like that is that they, um, you know, it's a way that they can get significant and get a lot of attention from people. Uh, it's kind of hard to imagine, again, that mentality, but that need is being met. And then connection, you know, it may not be love, but it's connection, uh, that there may be a way that that person is connecting with themselves or connecting with other people. So then there's two last needs, and those are the spiritual needs, and those are giving or growth. And giving, oftentimes we'll call that contribution, but uh, giving essentially is giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Growing is learning, you know, growing, learning, uh, becoming more than we were before. These needs are ones that don't, don't always get met, by the way. Uh, growth and contribution are those last two, and they don't always get met, but that really is where the juice in life is. And especially if you talk to older people, the older people get, they'll tell you that, you know, when it comes down to it, achievement Although there's nothing wrong with achievement, achievement only goes so far. Money only goes so far. Celebrity only goes so far. And there are a lot of cautionary tales, of course, especially with celebrities that have seemingly had it all, but they end up being miserable. In a lot of cases, end up uh, sabotaging their own lives, dying from alcohol, drugs, um, you know, or just being very, very unhappy people. Those are the six human needs. We're going to talk about contribution today. Again, it's one of those spiritual needs, and it's one of those things that's optional, certainly. It's something that we don't have to do as human beings, but in a lot of cases, people want to. And again, this could be by time, too. So this is not a lecture that you should be giving money or you should be giving away a certain amount of money. I'm not going to use the word should simply because, again, that would be imposing values on you. Uh, We all get to make this choice ourselves as far as how we're contributing, how we're giving, or if we do that at all. Oftentimes, when people get to retirement or they get further along in their financial journey, I've noticed that people tend to get more focused on contribution because they start to realize, hey, I've got more than I need. I've got more than I need to be able to satisfy my planning needs as far as security. Again, uh, being able to plan for retirement and uh, make sure there's enough money to pay the bills and so forth. Once people start to figure that out, they do naturally 
start to think about, well, you know, do I want to die with a bunch of money or do I want to, uh, you know, possibly help some people along the way? Maybe it's family members or other people that they care about, but it also could be in a sense of contribution from a charity standpoint, there may be a cause or a church or something like that that they would like to support. The reason why I throw this out this time of year is because this is something that people are thinking about anyway. The holiday season tends to be a time when a lot of people are thinking about their year. They're thinking about how they can help other people that are less fortunate. Uh, certainly, this is a year where there are a lot of people that are suffering, not just because of getting COVID necessarily, but because they may be out of work. The unemployment rate is way, way up. Certainly, in, in a lot of international situations outside the U.S., many, many countries are largely fueled by tourism. And of course, tourism has largely shut down globally. And so a lot of people are literally starving to death right now. A lot of negative side effects, you know, whatever your views are on COVID and government response and so forth, I think that we could all agree that there are situations where there are some negative side effects to to shutdowns. Uh, maybe the shutdowns are good. Maybe that's what we need to do. But there are some negative consequences to that. A couple of things I wanted to throw out to you as far as ways to give them. This is from a financial standpoint, a couple of the areas that we can leverage the way things work, the tax code and different tools that are available to us. Really, the methods that I'm talking about here are just trying to be a little bit creative and thinking about how do we make our money go the farthest possible. So one of those is if you're older than age 70 and a half, there's actually something called a qualified retirement distribution that's available to you. Um, it used to be 70 and a now, half. Now it's 72, the new required minimum distribution age. But bottom line is if you are required to take a required minimum distribution out, you are going to be eligible up to $100,000 per year per taxpayer. In other words, if you were married and you had a husband and wife, they're both eligible to do that from their own retirement accounts. And it would actually satisfy your required distribution for that year to directly transfer that to charity. So that is something that's available to you. Uh, now, we're releasing this mid-December. There may not be time to do that at this point. You still could give it a shot. Uh, if you were inclined to do so, this is really largely looking at planning for 2021. But again, in the mindset of giving right now, I think it's appropriate to examine some of the ways that we could do that. So let's say for 2021 that you're required to take out a certain amount of money. Let's say it's $20,000. I'm just making up a number. Um, that would be things like IRAs, 401ks, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, things that are pre-tax retirement accounts, and you are of the age where you're required to take some money out you actually can do up to $100,000 per year into a qualified retirement retirement uh, transfer distribution, meaning that the money goes directly from your retirement account to the charity. You cannot receive the money. Then you send it to the charity directly, and we can help facilitate that, uh, certainly if you're a client. So that's a way that you can leverage not only the fact that those are all pre-tax dollars. Normally, you would have to pay taxes on those dollars or your heirs would at least at some point. And of course, in the case of retirement distributions, required uh, minimum distributions, you'd have to take it out anyway and pay taxes. So it's a way that you can also lower your tax bill. So again, that's an option that's available to you. Another one that a lot of people aren't aware of is looking at a donor-advised fund. And a donor-advised fund is actually a charity. It's a charity in and of itself that you or I, any of us, can donate cash, property, stock, anything like that into. And it that account, even though we're kind of opening an account and putting something into it, believe it or not, that actually is a charity. 
Now, it's a permanent contribution, just so you know. So you can't get the money back. Once you put it in, it's a permanent contribution because that is intended for charity. Uh, we use Fidelity Charitable. Uh, not that this isn't a Fidelity commercial. It's just one that we tend to use and is pretty cost-effective, I think, for a lot of clients. Also pretty easy to use, I think, from a technology standpoint. Using them as an example, let's say that you've got some stock. And, of course, it works out really well when it's highly appreciated stock or real estate or anything that's gone up a lot in value. Normally, when you sell that, you'd end up having to pay capital gains taxes. But what ends up happening is that, let's say we've got some stock that we paid a really small amount of money for, or maybe we got it from an employer years ago, and we want to donate that as long as the stock goes directly, again, from your account to the donor-advised fund account, then that actually qualifies as a charitable contribution for the year that you donate it. And the charity, because it's in an account, will end up selling that stock. The charity is a 501c3 organization, and they don't pay taxes. See, at least from an income tax standpoint, they don't pay taxes. So when they sell the stock, there's no taxes, and you got to deduct on your income taxes the full value, the fair market value of whatever it was that you gave. So it could have been stock. It also could be other stuff. It could be even kind of some weird stuff like oil and gas interests. If you received, you know, maybe a gift of some oil and gas interest from a lost long uncle, long lost uncle or something like that. And you know that either you have no idea what the actual cost basis is on it. Or maybe it's a situation where it's going up in value so much that you're just concerned about selling it. But maybe you don't need that money. Maybe it's a situation where you just want to give it away and maybe you would enjoy giving it away. I think that's the point of that need of contribution is that it's something that actually puts uh, joy in our hearts, not just uh, doing it because of taxes. We're doing it because it would actually uh, give us some fulfillment. So when that is donated into the account, it actually qualifies as a tax deduction. Again, the charity does not end up paying capital gains taxes. So why would we want to do this? Again, because it feels good, uh, I think would be the bottom line, uh, because we have an organization that we'd like to support. Again, virtually any 501c3 organization would qualify for that. So, you know, kind of think of things that you're already probably doing anyway. You're probably, maybe you're already giving money to a church. Maybe you're already giving money to the United Way or... Uh, Compassion International or some other organization, those would all qualify for that tax deduction when the dollars go in. They love it. Um, charitable organizations love donations like this because it really helps leverage some resources that you've already got and uh, helps everybody because you end up end up keeping more money in the end um, versus if you had given cash. Uh, if you have a highly appreciated asset, it would allow you to avoid some taxes, get a big tax deduction. And often cases uh, these days, uh, more and more people are not able to deduct their charitable contributions. So this is a way that you still could get a deduction with another asset. So the other thing on those donor advised funds is that when you put the money into the account, you actually are the advisor to that fund, uh, meaning that you can direct Fidelity or whoever the organization is to make grants. And of course, that's the charity getting money, the eventual charity. So let's use an example. Let's say we had, uh, we got really lucky. Let's say we put you know, some money into Apple stock way back in the day, and now it's worth gazillions of dollars. Let's say it's worth a million dollars and we paid 
10,000 for it. So now when that stock is donated to the account, there's now a million dollars in the account because immediately the donor advised fund ends up selling it. Uh, you can actually choose what you want it to be invested in once it's in there because it's going to sit at least for a little time. You can choose if you want it to be super conservative, just in a cash type fund, or if you want it to be in a mutual fund type investment, that's up to you to direct that. And then you uh, actually get to direct them over time as far as when those disbursements are made out to the eventual charities. So uh, to be clear, the, the account of, in and of itself is actually a, um, is, is a 501c3. The donor advised fund is a 501c3. You get the tax deduction and then you get to enjoy directing those contributions out, those grants out to charities over time. So you actually might put money in and not have it go out to anybody right away. But the next year you might say, hey, I want X number of dollars to go out to a church. I want X number of dollars to go out to, again, United Way or something like that. Some years you can make no recommendations of grants. Some years you can do a lot. So it actually is very, very flexible. And I would take a look at it. I think in a lot of cases, this could make sense for people with those highly appreciated assets or people that want to make a big donation all at once. And they don't necessarily want to give it to the charities all at once. They'd like to do it over time. Again, why would we do this? It's because back to those six human needs. And again, there are a lot of cautionary tales out there. I, I know, uh, you know, th this year is tough for a lot of people. So I, I certainly know there are opportunities. There are a lot of people that need help. But on the flip side of it, too, I know there's a lot of people that are really feeling down about 2020 and about this COVID season, because in a lot of cases, people are cooped up. You know, they're isolating themselves for safety reasons. A lot of people are, are kind of trying to stay away from people. And that's really not the way that we're wired. As humans, we're actually wired to connect and to be around people. So this year, I know, is tough for a lot of folks. Even from afar, this may be one way that you can actually get that sense of contribution and pour some love out to somebody else. Again, that's not my values on you. It's just an idea just to kind of spark all of us thinking about, hey, there are people that need help. And maybe this actually could be a way that I could live out my own mission, my own values by making some contributions out there. Um, certainly, uh, the other option is just giving direct donations. Uh, you can give direct donations of stock, of property, of cash to a charity if you want them to receive it all at once. Uh, that's always available. Um, you know, but in some cases, this could actually be really effective. I would highly recommend that you speak to a tax advisor, to uh, to your financial planner, certainly, uh, because uh, these are kind of general rules and so forth. Everything is different based on the individual and your collection of financial stuff. I think it's just a couple of cool tools that people can use that may make their money go farther and hopefully get some tax advantages in the meantime. With that, um, I would definitely want to say Merry Christmas to all of you. I hope you are all having a great holiday season and remembering that the secret to living really is giving of ourselves, especially once we kind of reach our own point of financial security and taking care of our families and so forth. I think that's just a natural place that a lot of us go as far as how do we help other people. If there's anything that we can do to help you or your family members, uh, please let us know. Um, also, please help us promote the co the podcast. Uh, we are receiving a lot of traffic, um, you know, from a lot of people we already know and some people we don't know as well. Really, the ultimate goal here is to impart some wisdom based off of 
people who have walked before, so we're not trying to do this all on our own. Uh, there's certainly a lot of people that we can learn from instead of trial and erroring our way through the financial world. Uh, a lot of people that we can learn from and uh, really accelerate our, our own progress. So God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. The opinions voiced in this episode of The Wiser Financial Advisor with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.